Hello and welcome to IG's Decoding the Markets. With me on the pod today is Daniel Lacal, CEO at Tresis, and IG's Senior Market Analyst Josh Mahoney. And we're here to talk about the outlook for the European economy and the risk of a potential recession. So, Daniel, if I could start with you, I mean, what does the economic data indicate about the current strength of the European economy to you? Mm-hmm. I think that so far the data is, is quite poor. Uh, obviously, the manufacturing data is is very weak, obviously, and, and clearly in contraction. The services data is, is, is much better, but it's pretty evident that the weakness of uh, manufacturing is, is moving into the service indices, as we have seen in the last uh, couple of months. So I think that as the... Uh, as the economies start to see a little bit less of a push from the uh, external sector, from the export uh, side of the of the economy, and the weakness in internal demand becomes more obvious due to the aging of population, I think that it's uh, very likely that we can see uh, that, that those economies start to get a little bit worse into the next uh, two quarters. Now, Josh, a technical recession is actually expected in Germany in the third quarter. We know, of course, this is an export-led economy. I mean, what's driving the economic decline and how bad do you think it could get? Yeah, of course. I mean, look, ultimately, Germany is the bellwether for the Eurozone. So when you're looking at strength within the Eurozone, you're, of course, going to see Germany outperforming. At the moment, we're seeing the flip side of that, of course, with the German economy really leading the wider group lower. Everyone, of course, is going to be talking about the potential detrimental effects that the US-China trade war has had. And of course, there is the possibility of this really snowballing in terms of the US and EU. I think it's really interesting to note that we have, of course, got this massive tie up in terms of the Chinese uh, demand for German goods in particular. And that, of course, is going to be something that is going to really play into uh, the manufacturers, the manufacturing base within the German economy. So I think that, you know, when you're looking at the manufacturing sector as a whole, you're, of course, going to be looking at Germany. And when you're looking at the recent trade war, um, I think that it's not necessarily something that's going to be going away uh, quite yet. And certainly given the fact that we've, of course, now started to see the whole $7.5 billion worth of tariffs potentially levied from the US on the EU. Yeah, now, of course, that trade war likely to be one of those uh, key headwinds for the European economy. Another one, Daniel, of course, could potentially be Brexit. To what extent do you think Brexit is likely to weigh or is weighing on the European economy? I think that more than having uh, an impact on the economy uh, right now, I think that what it is definitely doing is having an impact on potential growth. Uh, And if we look at, for example, uh, foreign direct investment, uh, gross capital formation, hiring uh, decisions, many of those have been postponed at least until there is some clarity about whether there's going to be an agreement or whether there's going to be a hard Brexit. But I would separate the the slowdown of the Eurozone from uh, Brexit uh, because I think that there are very evident uh, internal 
issues happening in the in the eurozone economy that are more uh, let's say uh, the, the drivers of the of the current slowdown and in particular it's that most of the governments have abandoned all structural reforms and bet it all on monetary policy and that obviously you know helped for a very little period of time and then faded away so, Josh, on the topic of monetary policy, we know that ECB President-elect Christine Lagarde is poised to take over from Mario Draghi. I mean, what do you think her appointment is likely to mean for monetary policy in the Eurozone? Yeah, I mean, this sort of changing of the guards comes at a particularly opportune moment. It does feel like the ECB has pretty much run out of ammunition um, and really the tone and the outlook from the ECB has to shift under Lagarde. I think it's probably likely to do so. I um, think there's got to be more of a focus on structural reforms um, and sort of modernisation of infrastructure, more fiscal spending and more ownership of a country's own problems, like Daniel was alluding to. People have often um, put all their chips in the basket of the ECB, essentially rescuing their economy. Um, but really, there's a feeling that the ECB can't do much more. And so I do think that Lagarde's job is almost going to be um, one of a sort of mediator and work in the political side um, of the Eurozone as much as an economist. So, Daniel, do you echo Josh's view there? Do you think there isn't much more that the ECB can do? Because, of course, we've been seeing this shift towards more dovish monetary policy in the Eurozone. I mean, what are you expecting from the ECB in the coming months? I completely uh, agree with Josh. The, the ECB has exhausted all of its tools. Uh, bringing interest rates further down to more negative uh, levels is definitely not going to help. Actually, it is showing signals of being uh, quite negative for the financial system and for the economy in general. Uh, it is already uh, repurchasing all of the maturities of sovereign bonds and at the same time added another 20 billion a month of uh, of open-ended uh, uh, repurchases so we cannot expect much more from monetary policy i think that those tools have been completely exhausted uh, tltros etc I think that, as, as Josh was mentioning, if anything, it, it, what the latter part of the period of, uh, in which Mario Draghi has been uh, president missed was actually what he was very good at at the very beginning, which was to condition monetary policy to structural reforms and to uh, governments actually helping uh, uh, the monetary policy achieve something of uh, improvement and growth. So, I mean, Josh, does that mean that the outlook for European equities looks shaky if we're not going to have more support in terms of uh, monetary policy? Where do you essentially think we go next for the equity market? Yeah, it's a difficult one. I think there's been more of a tie-up between equity pricing and sentiment, and certainly global sentiment when it comes to market, markets, um, than the economic side of things. Of course, when you're seeing the deterioration in terms of um, GDP figures throughout the eurozone, yet you're seeing stocks continue to rise more recently in particular, it really does allude to the fact that people are really looking towards that potential deal between the US and China and thinking this is almost the beginning of the end of the slowdown and reason for everyone to get very excited. So, you know, I would be hesitant um, when it comes to uh, Europe, mainland European stocks, quite frankly, um, certainly, if we did start to see that turnaround in terms of the growth picture, then you're at least seeing the fundamentals following 
uh, suit. But, you know, I think for the time being, you know, there's probably going to be some sort of interest in, in buying into maybe a uh, sort of construction sector, that kind of thing, if we were to see these uh, fiscal reforms. Um, but certainly I would be wary. And Daniel, very finally, where do you see the opportunities in Europe right now in terms of investing? Well, I think that if you you separate the, the the stocks between those that are very exposed to the cycle and that have bought uh, profits uh, abroad at very high multiples, and those that are uh, in the sectors that benefit from fiscal policy, actually, that's where you see some some opportunity. So, what you basically need to do, in my opinion, is to uh, sort of avoid the value traps that the, the, the companies that look optically cheap but that uh, face headwinds in terms of earnings estimates and also of uh, uh, the weakening of the global economy. But you have other companies that are doing phenomenally well within Europe and that ha are more exposed to things like, for example, uh, renewable energy. They're just doing very well. There are something to do with infrastructure. They, they, so actually, I would be looking more at buying into the expensive but quality rather than the optically cheap but value trap. All right, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks so much to my guests, Daniel Lacal, CEO at Tresis, and IG's senior market analyst, Josh Mahoney. I'm Victoria Scholar, and thanks for listening to IG's Decoding the Markets. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.